Hello, welcome to Podcast Cold Turkey. Bienvenue au Podcast Cold Turkey. Je prends quelques secondes pour vous dire que euh, le podcast a besoin de vos encouragements sur les différentes plateformes de podcast. Donc, je vous encourage à aller mettre euh, les thumbs up, les étoiles, euh, les revues aussi. Peut-être écrire juste un mot pour vous dire si vous avez aimé l'expérience, si vous avez apprécié le podcast. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the podcast needs a bit of your help. Uh, it would be um, just so appreciated of you to put the star rating, put a little review if you appreciate it, and uh, you can actually share as well. You know, vous pouvez partager le podcast. Tout ça sera très apprécié. Et sans plus attendre, je vous laisse au podcast. Salut. Hey Kim, how are you doing? I am good, Alex, and how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Like I was telling you, uh, my night routine with my son, and I come down uh, in the studio just running, and you know, it's uh, so I'm oh, I, I sound out of breath, kind of out there, and then you know, like I kind of have to regroup and come back. <laughs> so, no problem. <laughs> um, first question I got for you: Where are you located? I'm in Millbrook, Ontario. Okay. Canada. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like we're uh, we're neighbors, so uh, I'm in Quebec. Oh, not not too well. Yeah, I'm closer than I was. I was in Newmarket, Ontario, and I recently okay. moved. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the first question I keep asking it um, only because you know, like I, I see that you know, like as. As the pandemic progresses, um, I'm, I, you know, I think a lot about, you know, like the people that um, suffer from isolation, anxiety, um, you know, like fear of going out outside, you know, like uh, as it progresses. Um, how has been the pandemic for you so far? Um, well, I would have said that I didn't have too much of an effect on me at the beginning because I was used to isolating anyways. And um, I liked my alone time. And I mean, certainly there was a lot of that, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So actually, I kind of um, was not. It, 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 we had just moved. I had just moved out of my house into a rental. So I was in the rental for two weeks when the pandemic started. So it was a big transitional time for me. I don't. Even though I say that it didn't affect me so much, I was still, that was a big year for my healing. I had just come out of um, a rehab the year before. And it was probably on month, September, October, November, December, January, February, month six of my sobriety when the wow. pandemic, yeah, when COVID, when the lockdown started for the first time in 2020. So, yeah. Um, whereas uh, everybody's, a lot of people, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of people um, turn to alcohol in those first few weeks to, you know, as we, you, they you got rid of it. it. Yeah. <laughs> you well, we you were, got yeah, rid of it we, pro proactively. We were, we, everybody was kind of waiting it out thinking, okay, this will be over. Right. Um, yeah. And then as it didn't, you know, it, it gets harder not to, because you're like, oh, well, I want to drown away my sorrows as well. <laughs> yes. But, Um, I also knew enough to know that uh, what would happen if I if I even had one. And uh, I knew enough to recognize, even though I was really early in my sobriety, I worked really hard and uh, I'd made it through a lot of, you know, big monumental like moments of when I wanted to drink and I didn't. And uh, I just did it how we're supposed to day by day. And sometimes it was hour by hour and I kept myself busy as well. There's, um, halt. yeah, within the house, but, um, yeah, I always, I'm kind of squirrely. I don't sit for long. Always. The most important question I got for you is, was six months enough to build yourself a strong network of people you could rely on, reach at, Um, you know, like to actually like kind Absolutely. of, you know, yeah. yeah, 
Absolutely. And six, I, I did, I had it before, uh, even then I had a, 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 like, yes, I have those people, but did I? No, I never reached out to anybody during, um, and that's just what I was used to. And that's what I did. The only person I talked to is my psychologist when, when, you know, weekly at the time and yeah, and she helped. But really, that was it. I don't. I didn't have a partner throughout this. So, and my daughters, I would never. Um, I would never include them in these kind of conversations because uh, they don't need that crap. They got. You don't want to worry. No, exactly. You don't want to worry anyone. No, like you, and I was you, worried about their mental health during um, COVID as well. So you know, and before COVID, it was again. It wasn't that I wanted to put my my shit on their plate, so to speak. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You, the people that, the people that you open your gut to has to be, um, people that understand, you know, like, and why, you know, like some of the literature will say there's no one better than, um, an alcoholic to understand another alcoholic, you know, like, because some of the stuff and the fucked up stuff you think about, you know, like is, cannot be understood uh, understood by, by the normal quote unquote people. Um, yeah. yeah. So sometimes it's, you know, like such weird thoughts that you're like anyone that, that has not gone through it or even remotely close to it would just say, how messed up are you? You know, like you, you think about that, you know, like, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it's a hunting thought in my mind right now. And, um, and yeah, I mean, like it's um, it's super important. So the last thing you want is to, you know, like for example, reaching out, reach out to my kid, uh, you know, to my kid or to my dad, and just tell them that you know, like I feel down and whatever. You know, like you know, guy's not gonna sleep for a while. Like that would be crazy, and that's not what you want. You know, like and and um, and mostly most of the, I, I would say, you know, like most of the time, you don't need a solution. You just need to vent off. Um. That's exactly yes. <laughs> you know, yes. you don't you don't need someone that says, "Well, have you thought of that?" You know, like, like oh, fuck off. You know, like, <laughs> I mm-hmm. sure did, Sherlock. You know, like I, I sure did. Uh, I thought of that, but you know, like it's not working. You know, like, I just need to talk about it. You know, um, yeah. I didn't say that to my daughter, but she at the time said, "Well, why don't you just stop, mom?" And she wasn't like, I mean, my daughters are twenty four and twenty five, so this wasn't when they were children it was when they were 23 and 24 and uh, I said listen if I could I would that's the whole point but if they they they, she didn't understand because she doesn't have a problem right absolutely (laughs) she's healthy she's a healthy drinker so when you when I believe me it was my last ditch effort I didn't want to wind up where I was and I'm the one who said that's where I need to go because I can't control myself and I don't like I didn't like that I didn't like I was quite aware that I was killing myself and I was not I wasn't accepting that that was at my own hand you know yes yeah. And as time progresses, the people around you, um, you know, like there's, there's a reason why, you know, like the Al-Anon was, you know, was created, you know, like it's for, for people around alcoholics and, and, and addicts to understand, you know, like, um, our, our kind of our thought process. And, um, as you progress yourself through your sobriety, you kind of discover and people around you discover that, you know, like alcohol was just one you know, one habit of, you know, mostly obsessive compulsive behaviors. And, um, you know, and sometimes, you know, like the alcohol was just accelerating the self-destruction, but, you know, like you can actually self-destruct by behaving the same way with money, um, relations, um, sex, you know, whatever. So, you know, like, it, it, you know, there's there's definitely... Um, a discovery, uh, you know, or at least a discovery of yourself by yourself. And, and, and then, you know, like people around you saying, Oh, that's, you know, that, that's what, you know, I described as intense for a while about my mom or my sister or, you know, my friend. Um, yeah. You know, like it's the, it's the alcoholic in me that, you know, like 
even with you know roller coasters you know like uh dangerous sports or whatever you know it's comes it comes true and and you know sometimes in um passion hobbies um and so on you know so taking risks um living a bit on the edge you know like enjoying like kind of a fast paced high adrenaline rush you know like it's something that you know like our um that you know like you you quickly realize that holy shit you know like that was my i would say you know like some of the alcoholism um you know uh what makes a good alcoholic let's say you know so <laughs> you know not that there's a guide for it but you know like it's a uh, you know i i still to this day you know like 16 ish year later um i'm i'm you know i i can easily fall into obsessive and compulsive thoughts and you know i always need to be careful whatever not whatever but some stuff that i engage in um i need to be careful i need to be careful yeah i hear you um I start my podcast, you know, at the exception of, you know, like that, that pandemic question, which I can't freaking wait to stop asking about it. But, um, <laughs> but mm -hmm. the, the podcast usually starts with me asking, um, my guests to rewind their life story, um, tape in their, in their, in their mind and bring me back to, um, kind of that, that, important event or or you witnessing sometimes it's either you you using or or something that you consider um has made a dent into your life story for you know like some of the future events that comes um that comes your way you lost me sorry <laughs> no 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 i was just asking um you know like bring me back to Kind of that, you know, like at a young age, some of the oh, more okay. important events that you know has pretty much made a dent into your your life, you know, like or or your your psyche uh, that made that made who you are, you know, like or or that you think that has made you who you are. Okay, I got you. Um, you mean that might have led to some um, addiction problems? Sure. You know, like sometimes it's, you know, like the, the, our own personal use or, you know, like it sometimes is um, witnessing someone else using, you know, like either by um, you're impressed by someone else using and, you know, like it kind of quote unquote inspires you or you want to mimic that, you know, like and sometimes it's like I said, you know, like it's your own use that, you know, because, like you know, like you, you realize that, holy shit, that moment I it, you know, like I. I without even knowing, you know, like I, I kind of fell in love with it. Um, well, I grew up in an alcoholic home. So actually I was turned off by it completely. My dad died from uh, a heart attack. Uh, he had cirrhosis of the liver. He died in our apartment. Uh, we had two fridges in the apartment. One was all booze. I was there the morning he died. Um, I gave him mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. I despised it because I could smell the alcohol on his breath, the stale alcohol. And he was dead when I did that. So I had uh, years and years and years of resentment towards him for that because, of course, that was all his fault. <laughs> um yeah. Which, like, I'm, I'm, I mean, up until um, a couple of years ago, I wasn't over it. I thought I was, but I wasn't. Now it's just a, it's just a sad story. But yeah, so that would that would probably be uh, a number one. Um, How old were that, you? I was twelve. And what um, was the uh, sibling? You know, kind of the family picture. You know, like were parents? Me. I okay, it was just you. Yeah, two sisters, but they were both moved out. I was like a, an afterthought. My parents had me later in life. Okay. So my mom was forty, and my dad was forty-four when I was when I was born. So they were already gone and had their own children. As a matter of fact, that's that's how big the age difference is. Wow. So I was an, I was an aunt before I was born. Were you uh, were your parents together? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, they were together 36 years at, up to that point when he died. And you said, you know, like it was kind of an alcohol-infused asshole. Kinda. Um, uh, was it, it was completely all alcohol. He didn't eat anymore. He'd been drinking since he was 14 years old. Like I said, we had a we had a second fridge in an apartment, like a second full sized fridge in an apartment, a two bedroom apartment um, that was just filled with with beer. Beer was his drink. So, um, and he he was a postman. So when back when they worked, they walked and they carried a satchel and they went door to door in the apartments back then and put the mail into each apartment door. And, um, so he had a lot of buddies and they would invite him in during his route and they would drink and he had a bottle in his satchel and yeah, he was hardcore, hardcore. The doctors said that they could not believe that he worked because he did, he worked up to three days before he died and he refused to go to the hospital. I didn't even know what was going on. Right. Um, I was oblivious to it because whatever he he was on the couch he was always on the couch or he was at work i didn't even think that he was sick but um he did work up uh, like they were surprised that he worked up until he did and he always told my mother that he would do that to make sure that uh, her and i were well taken care of which i mean whatever that means when you're <laughs> when my mom didn't work and we lived in an apartment and my dad was a mailman well taken care of meant a small pension for my mom and I. And then she went back to school and uh, worked part-time. Was was it, um, you know, like, because, you know, like when, when there's a lot of alcohol, it's either um, party or, you know, like kind of more happy driven or more sad, sad or or violent or angry, you know, like what, what kind of, you know, like... Um, what kind of alcoholic your dad was? Um, by the time I came along, he wasn't, um, it wasn't uh, physical. Earlier, because uh, my sisters, I talked to them and what their upbringing was like with the same parents, but in different generations, um, there, they, yeah, there was physical um, fights between the two of them, but they never left each other not my mother still professes her love and she never got remarried or even had a boyfriend or anything after my dad died and that's a long she's still alive she's 90 so she lost her husband when she was 52 and she's 90 now so it's a long wow. time yeah um so even though he was an ass and she could have done better um she stuck with him because she loved him but that isn't unusual either right like i Absolutely. You know, yeah. It's, I mean, it wasn't that he was an, uh, I mean, even when they fought, it doesn't mean that he was just the arse. I have no idea. It wasn't there. Right. I don't, I don't know, but no, when my generation came, it was mostly, he went to work, he was home and he was on the couch and then he would drink and then he would pass out and mm -hmm. repeat. And that was it. He had nothing to do with me and my schooling, never came to one school function, never took me walked me home once from school. I remember that. And I think we attempted to go for a walk with my mother once. I not, not, I think I remember it was the only time I ever remember being outside walking with my father and two weeks in two blocks into the uh, walk, he fell because he couldn't walk. Right. Because I mean, he was too drunk. So then we went home. Um, so that's my dad. So I really I don't have a bond. I never felt a bond. It, if you look at pictures there, there's not me and him with our arms around each other. It was, it looks like two strangers leaning up against each other on the couch just cause I mean, yeah, I didn't, friends didn't want to come over because he was an embarrassment. Was your mom drinking at all? My mother, um, in my time, not so much. Um, no, not that I remember before he died. She was not. Uh, she was my rock. And that's why I really, I kind of was, oh, I was good with him dying. And that's the truth. I was good with him dying because I thought life is going to be great with just my mom and I. And that totally was almost worse because 
she turned into the alcoholic, grieving her husband, made me her spouse by, hmm. you know, like, because the company was gone. So I became her company. And um, I, I like crying to me and everything every day, every night after school, like, it, no, it was awful. And it was awful because when your rock does that, and I had nobody. And I, I and was just alone. What kind of kid were you? Like at school? I was or, a loner. No. I was a yeah. loner. Yeah, I was. Um, and I chose that. Uh, you know, there were popular kids in school and stuff, but I didn't want to be them. I, I was never jealous or anything. I just wanted to be left alone. I made friends with the kids who, who were bullied. I was never bullied. Um, but I made friends with the kids that were bullied, if that makes any sense, just because I didn't like the other kids. And yeah, that's just always been the way I, I've always gone for the underdogs. And yeah, that's just, yeah, you don't you you don't want to get along with those that um, rise and shine, right? You know, like you, you, you probably were more um, keen to um, eventually fall in love, but you know, like, uh, or get along with the outliers and the um you know you know like the, the people that you know like make less noise yeah yeah i wasn't that i wasn't i wasn't loud i wasn't boisterous i was actually an, uh, the opposite and um yeah and then i decided to be a police officer so that was kind of shocking to my family but not shocking when it falls right into line of what the children of alcoholics do right the caregiver the you know it was it could have been a teacher or a nurse i suppose but i picked the i picked the difficult well not that any of them are are not difficult but i picked the one that screwed up my mental health could have done without that but um that was something that i want to do is help people so that's the profession that i went into and i was uh, i just turned 20 when i did that And then a year into that, I lost my best friend to leukemia. She'd been sick for about three years, though. Not that that matters. But, so that was pretty devastating as well. Um, you were asking about things that might have led to the drinking. Uh, policing obviously led to the drinking, the culture. Um, I never, I, well, not to say you drink as a teenager, right? Or like with your friends, like what's normal and what's not, right? You're a kid. We all yep. drink. Um, but I can tell you a lot of police officers could way over drink way more. <laughs> and if you didn't drink back then, uh, you didn't fit in, you weren't trusted. So you had a choice. And you felt it that way? Really? You, you felt that, you know, like you had I didn't to, feel that. it was told to you. Okay. That wasn't a feeling that was a, that was told to you there wasn't anybody who didn't go out and then when when things started changing and the face of police officers started changing and it wasn't the stereotypical you know six foot five male white um you know and it and it started to change and and culture started to change and you got you got people that were more Like the old farts, they didn't care about fitness. <laughs> as the new kids, as I call them, started to come on, they were starting to eat properly and bring their lunches and work out and stuff. And a lot of them didn't drink. Oh, and then religions too, as well. So this was stuff that was unheard of. Because even if you didn't drink when you got on that job, you were you were you were either gonna be ostracized and and you know. <laughs> Yeah. Are you especially drinking? with you know like and were you in the first women to to actually join the force? God no, 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 no. But thanks. Okay. No, you aged me about another. <laughs> I don't even know forty years. No, no, no. I'm not uh, saying that. You know, like when I, you know, like, <laughs> that's not. No, what... I wasn't. Um, I didn't wear a skirt, but I did have the old-fashioned hat, and uh, we were they were phasing out the yellow cars, and cell phones had just been introduced, and they were in a bag, and we carried them to the car and put the antenna up on them. Um, two different radios in the car. You had to pay attention to. Uh, it was yeah. 
And, well, uh, yeah. and the reason why I was asking is, you know, like the, you know, like you, you referred to ostracization of, you know, like some of the, either the community or, you know, like the fact that you drink or not. And, and was there a bit of that as well? The fact that you were a woman or you could, you know, like oh, you could yeah. actually. Oh yeah. yeah. It was worse when you're a woman, right? There's a whole other yeah. different, a whole other different package that comes if you're a woman on the job. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. You have to prove even more. And and you you glanced over the you know kind of the first drink, um, despite the fact that you you know like you said how much you had it in aversion because of you know like the event of your father passing. Um, can you know? Do you remember what you know what that brought you to? You know, a kind of flinch and 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 try it. Uh, I think it was just, I was 15. Like it was just my friends. It was just, uh, peers, you know, that age. Yep. And it, I, I, I already do remember that it wasn't even about the taste or anything. I never liked the taste of alcohol whatsoever at all. It was how fast can I drink this to feel no pain? And that, that continued until two years ago. It never stopped that it was, always fast. And my drink of choice, I like beer, but primarily red wine. And um, then I graduated to expensive red wines. And you're not supposed to chug red wine, especially if it's expensive. It's meant to be sipped and enjoyed, but that's not even, that wasn't even in my vocabulary. And I'm sure like everybody else, right? You're, you're, you're uh, go out for dinner, Bill, your liquor <laughs> was like three times as much as your food on the bill once it came. So yes, I've for many, many years, but it got, it got progressively worse. Um, I always suspected I was an alcoholic, but, and I won't even say functioning because, you know, there is no such thing as a functioning alcoholic. Um, I was surviving and tricking everybody, I guess. Right. But I knew but it wasn't every day, but it, it doesn't have to be every day to know you have a problem. Cause when you do decide to drink it, you can't just have one. I couldn't, I didn't, I wouldn't even bother if I could just, if I had to only have one and then I was miserable and then, and then it changed. It got to the point where then I was miserable if the restaurant didn't have a liquor license and I couldn't drink, you know, like I'd be bottom lip pout sticking out sucky baby angry <laughs> I couldn't get yeah. a drink with my meal because I had to have a drink with every meal and this was breakfast this was when they brought in when they started saying that you could the, that the it would open up at breakfast time or something in Ontario like I remember thinking yeah and then when we went to this place right by my house they 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 hadn't done that yet and I was I was so upset they had just opened, so they didn't have a liquor license yet. Oh, and when I think back to certain behaviors of myself, like everything surrounded alcohol, everything, every event I went to, everything surrounded me and my drinking. And, okay, do I need to get a hotel room? How am I going to get myself home? Um, when can I start drinking before the event? You know, just... And then it's worse, right? You would know when you stop drinking, it seems that everywhere you look, booze is facing you and looking at you. And and like I said, before I stopped drinking, I told the doctor I couldn't imagine. I, I said, I, I don't, how do you have fun when you're not drinking? I don't understand. Like, and he laughed at me and I said, I know I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't know how to exist straight. I don't. And um, yeah, like, and that that that's common, I'm sure. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. So when 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 that changed for me, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is so much better than being drunk." Like being high on life itself, and on like just and be and remembering everything that you are doing in the moment and the next day. You can't beat that, right? But it didn't come overnight at all you know like I'm I man I never wavered I I haven't because I listened to everything that I was taught 
that, you know, always play the tape forward. I do, I use that one a lot. You know, I know better enough to know that if, if I was to take one drink or even one sip besides being sick, I don't know. Right. Um, that I would be hooked and I'd want more and more and more. And I can't, I can't do it. I don't want to do it because I don't want to go backwards and I never want to go back to rehab again. Because although it wasn't the worst thing in the world, like, you know, you have all these pictures in your head of what it's going to be like, because you only have the television to go by. You never know anybody who's really been to one. Um, it, it was, and it wasn't, <laughs> if I can yeah. say that you can't. Yeah. It, it being a police officer going there, I had uh, different concerns for myself, you know, was it, uh, was it of your own um, decision? Yes. Or you were, okay. No, I knew I was killing myself. And um, I actually had a, I had a, I, I've always believed in God, but I wasn't going to church or anything. And I wasn't praying every day. And, you know, I wasn't, I would, yeah, I, I, I was a, a, a sucky God believer, I guess. Right. <laughs> now that yeah. I know better as well, but you know, I always thought, Oh, he's got my back anyways. Right. And then, um, I was sitting on the couch doing my thing as usual. And I, I just, something just come over to me and I looked up in the sky and I said, God, I need your help because I am not cutting it. And I, I need you to, like, and I've never asked him for anything. I really haven't. I've always asked him to take care of other people. And this was the first time I said, I said, I need your help. I need your help. And um, he must have listened to me and said, hey, 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 that, that Kim girl down there, she's actually finally asking for something. I think I'm gonna, <laughs> I think we are going to give her what she needs. Because um, it wasn't, it was a few days later I went, and seen uh, my psychologist and I said to her, I said, this is what I need to do. I said, I, I cannot control myself because she had said, I didn't tell you to be, she had ordered me off work a month before that. And then my addiction increased. And I was like, she said, I didn't tell you to be off work so you can increase your addictions. And I said, what do you want me to do? Why did you like, now I have even more time to do whatever, like, I live alone. You know that, you know, like, what do you want me to do? I have a problem. So, um, when I saw her the next time I said, I need to go into uh, rehab said, I am obviously not making the best decisions every day. I say, I'm not going to do it the night before I say, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. I might get through half a day, say, I'm not going to do it tonight. And every day I did it. It didn't matter if I was celebrating something. I was sad about something. I, I, um, like it, you just make up stuff because you, you know, it's raining outside. Let's have a drink. It, you know, it didn't matter. Uh, and I, yeah, it wasn't good. So she agreed. She was surprised, I guess, because people go kicking and screaming and not too many people volunteer to go there, but I knew enough that I was, I didn't want that for myself. I saw my, I don't want to die. Even though I was doing the exact things that would lead to that, I knew I didn't want to die. Um, holy crap. Not at the end of spending 28 years as a police officer and what put me, what sent me down to being ordered off work was a police incident. It was like the straw that broke my back. And uh, I also didn't want to, I didn't, I didn't want to retire not getting the help that I needed to get because I knew it would just be a matter of time before something would trigger me and I would fall down again, you know, and be back at square one, but I wouldn't have the support that I needed. Whereas if I, you know, just got the help that I needed, but I also knew at that point that if I did check myself into a rehab, that I was probably ending my career. Now that I don't have anything to substantiate that, because I never went back to work. I did wind up retiring um, instead of going back to work because I was getting better. Uh, and I chose not to put myself back into that environment and leave. But that that's, that, that's my thoughts on it. Where I, you know, like I, I, I'm always curious about, you know, like, do you have memories of when 
you first started having kind of the I don't know, like the next day thoughts or, or, you know, like sitting in your hangover and just thinking that that cannot be it, you know, like that, that this lifestyle cannot be how you live your life, you know, like, or, or kind of the, I don't know, like the, the baby um, seed of thought that kind of, you know, you know, points in another direction than, you know, the ones you're sitting in. Well, um, I think when, when I realized that me going to work every day was the only thing that stood between me and the bottle, that was very concerning. Even though I accomplished things outside of work, like I, I did my master's throughout all this stuff, um, not during the heavy, I finished my last course right when my incident happened at work. And I was lucky I, I got through that course, but I was bound and determined, but I had break, like I, I had crying breakouts during, like during the the classes with the teacher online. (laughs) Um, yeah. So it started, um, so you'd say, you know, like early or, you know, like, you know, like, and, and what was running through your mind? Like, you know, like I say that because, you know, like there's a lot of, especially for people around, which is, you know, like a good portion of my guests are uh, of my, of my listeners are people that um, have people around them that, you know, like I've used or is using. And um, I always like to kind of, you know, explain how the brain is wired for someone that's stuck with, you know, like that, 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 you know, that severe sickness that is alcoholism where, um, I made myself promises that, you know, this would be the last time multiple times in my life. Right. You know, um, that's why, you know, like I, I asked the question because my guess, the, you know, like that, those thoughts, pretty much everyone has had them. Where, you know, like they're like, Jesus Christ, that can't be it. You know, like I messed it up again yesterday or, you know, like I blacked out or I threw up or I spent too much, you know, like of my rent money or whatever and whatever. Um, and this cannot be, you know, like how someone lives his life. You know, like that's, that's fucking crazy. You know? um, and, you know, like that's why, you know, like I, I do ask that question because for some, for so many people, it's just like, how, you know, can they just spend, you know, like their last dime of rent money and, you know, keep using when they know that, you know, like that they're, they're actually spending that money. And, um, and, you know, I like people to understand that, you know, like it's, it's way stronger, um, that we can't imagine. Yeah. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle, right? So then, so while you're spending the money, the rent money, you don't mind spending it because you're in that euphoric or so you think it's actually depressive state, but you you're drinking, right? And you're whatever, maybe you're buying rounds, you're feeling great. Yeah. And then the next day, yeah, you wake up in the hangover and then you go, Oh crap, how much money did I spend? But then you just drink some more and then that bad feeling and you forget about spending the rent money. Right. It's just, yeah. And then you're spending somebody else's friggin' rent money. You go find your alcoholic friend and you spend their money. Do you have, um, you know, how clear is your memory of kind of the last 24 hours of, um, before you took the decision to go on therapy? Was there like an event or something that happened that, you know, like has made up your mind? Do you mean to go into rehab or therapy? Yeah. Well, rehab, rehab first, okay. right? Um, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was just sitting on the couch and it, like enough was enough, right? It had been, I'd been off work, I think not long, man. I knew, I knew you're in trouble, Kim. Like what the hell? Like it'd been four weeks. And since she told me to be off work and that's how impatient I am. <laughs> with myself um because now i didn't have anything to keep me busy so now it's bl- it's it was even more blatantly obvious that i had a real problem because i didn't like i said like who's off who's ever off a month right like the longest i was off ever you get holidays you're off two weeks right and you go back to work so 
you know, you're, you're obviously not, you're not drinking 24 seven. Whereas if you went to Cuba, you might be drinking 24 seven, you know? Um, but I was drinking 24 seven for 28 days in a row and there was no, there wasn't any end. I wasn't like, I very rarely would I ever get a hangover, you know, um, those days had gone away. Um, I don't know. My body was, which yes, it was what, as I learned, my body was, had such a high tolerance, you know, like, like if you looked in my recycling bin, um, a lady, my size should not have been able to drink all that and still be standing. And yet I did. And that's why I drank more. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, how much do I have to drink? And then that's why I went to the good stuff, right? Thinking, Oh, the cheap wine, you have to drink more of it. I'll buy a more expensive wine and just drink it faster. Now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So you can, Oh, everything, right? Like, uh, everything just revolved around it. Everything. And I, not to mention besides the, yeah, your rent money. Oh my God. You, and uh, yeah, you realize, okay, well now I'm not going to the liquor store and buying, uh, one bottle, two bottle, three bottles. I'm buying it by the case every three days. And you charge it to credit. So talk about your rent money. When you said that to me, I laughed in my head because I'm like, whatever. I had line of credit. There was no rent. Like I didn't have to worry about it because I had a tremendous amount of credit because of my job. I got offered credit cards every second day. So um, I had, there was no, there was no bottom. There was a bottomless pit, put it that way for my purposes, right? I wasn't taking trips upon trips. I was just buying alcohol. You would have died before going broke. You know, that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. For booze, right? For buying booze, you know, for buying mansions. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't buy a quarter of one, but yeah, for buying um, alcohol. And I had income coming in. I had a very good salary at the time. And my kids were, um, they were finishing up university and college, which, um, was being paid for by myself, my line of credit, um, and their dad helping as well. So that I like my, they were taken care of and yeah, it was never, I didn't live in a shack. You know, I didn't, we like, there, there was no reason my drinking wasn't a result because I was upset or, well, yeah, I was upset, but I mean, I didn't, I didn't have, um, nobody died like that kind of stuff upset, you know, like it wasn't, it was an everyday thing. It was this, it's so hard to explain unless you live it. And I don't know what led to your alcoholism, but um, I mean, besides my trauma as a child, definitely policing was trauma every day, more than one time a day. So you just get into that habit. If that's how you release it, you go drinking with, with the guys. And at that time, back in the day, we drank every day after shift. Um, it, it, it's it, funny you asked that question, Kim, because you know, like there, there's that old age debate around nature and nurture. Um, and you know, I, I'm going to talk for myself, but you know, like I'm convinced that it's nature. Um, I pretty much always tell the same story that, you know, like I'm, I'm not sure, you know, like I'm probably between five and eight, nine years old, you know, like I'm, I'm not too sure, but my, you know, my father had snowmobiles at the country house and, um, my father's, he's not an alcoholic at all. You know, like it actually just doesn't know almost what it meant. It means, you know, like he saw people that, so most of it comes from my mom's side. So my father was quite foreign about you know like what was an alcoholic and um and so actually you know like i i, I kind of set the table for you know like what he, he wanted to show me um so come springtime he gives me a long tube and shows me that you know like if i pull from the gas tank into the tube um I, you know like it creates kind of that you know like that, that siphon i don't i'm not too sure if it's the right expression but you know like kind of you yeah. know like it, it pulls it pulls a gasoline and, you know, like, so you, you wanted to show me that kind of that physic process and, and, uh, so that I could empty the gas tanks into like a five gal, you know, container or whatever. And, um, and 
so you know he shows me how it works blah 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 and you know kind of goes doing some other stuff and um i missed it like a few times and got buzzed and at 46 years old i'm still am convinced today that um 95 98 percent of kids would have been scared shitless of what happens you know like of you know like what happens to them um i wasn't i actually wanted to recreate the buzz you know you know and there was nothing around me you know like there was no trauma there was you know i could you know like i could i could actually scratch and you know i kind of dig and find shit but you know like it wasn't about that I just was programmed and built that way. Um, so you know, like when when it comes when it comes to that debate, you know, like w- where you know, like my alcoholism originates from. Actually, you know, like it, it's in my freaking genes. You know, like it's 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 in me. I was five years old, didn't know shit about you know addiction or alcoholism or whatever, and you know, I knew about Sism Street and you know, like these kid shows and whatever you know like but but you know i catch a buzz which you know by the way you know like gasoline buzz is a fucked up and heavy buzz and i should have been scared but i wasn't you know like so so for me it's it's um you know like there's no doubt in my mind that you know like it was i was just pretty much like programmed that way um and then eventually yeah for sure you know like I, i i i used with friends and you know um but quickly realize if again you know like it's always looking back but you know like looking back um i had that edge you know like i I, you know i would not systematically drink more but you know like there was really something about you know like um like you said you know like drinking faster um catch you know a buzz quicker um get sick out of alcohol uh earlier than most of my friends um but but then again you know like i I found a pack of smoke i probably was 14 or 15 um in the first few years of high school and um and got i i I overdosed on cigarette you know like i mean like i threw up like a maniac uh because i smoked the old pack during lunchtime (laughs) um and and a lot of people would say, fuck, man, you know, like you you never smoked again. Wrong. I got sick again. Um, but kept smoking. And and so, you know, like there's actually, you know, like it's the way I'm built. You know, like it's it's something that, you know, like I, I always need to have a level of awareness, you know, like of of my, you know, like kind of my own little personality disorder you know like i need to be careful about you know like a stuff you know like the the my wife will lovingly say my passions um so yeah i need to be careful <laughs> about my passions <laughs> <laughs> um so so you you go into rehab um what's the first thing that you know like you'd say would be like either like the first lesson or kind of the first thing that 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 has um struck you kind of you know a high op- eye opener or something of you know like that you kept or you still keep as a lesson that you initially kind of realized when you got there uh as a lesson oh yeah um well i think play the tape forward I mean, that's a lesson that I, I always say to myself when, um, I mean, as the months and the months have gone by, it's been two years now in May, it's gotten easier. And I honestly, even through COVID, I honestly can say, oh, but you know why? <laughs> because I replaced the drinking with the eating. So what I did was just replace one one habit, I guess, with another habit, I found solitude in food, and I gained um, all the weight I had managed to take off when I was in rehab. Um, but whatever, so I'm back at stage one pre rehab, except now I don't drink. So I guess I'm ahead there. And, um, you know, at, I can always work on that. 
that's okay. And we're still in, we're still in COVID because in the way I figured it, it's, it was better than drinking, but still I did. I, I mean, definitely, I can't say that it hasn't been, I guess, given me feel good <laughs> vibes when I have ice cream, you know, and I'm feeling a little depressed because, <laughs> you know, you can't go to the gym or make your gym class because there's too many people in it already. Or um, when are we ever going to get to uh, travel or, you know what I mean? Like, or, Absolutely. oh, we're in, we're in a lockdown again, you know, or, <laughs> uh, it's just been, um, yeah, but I'm, I am, I know God's with me. I definitely know. Um, so, well, yeah, since, since that happened with, with him, um, I really am, I started going back to church, uh, even through COVID, um, and then, uh, church stopped for a bit during COVID, but then it came back. And in November, 2020, I got baptized, which was, um, amazing because, uh, I, I remember how I felt a week before I got baptized. And like I said, that I just, I just, I couldn't remember where I was driving to. I couldn't, I was getting lost. Like I felt like my intelligence had completely gone out the door. Um, and I just accepted it. I just accepted that this was my brain now. Um, and I wasn't drinking, but I just accepted that this was my brain now. And it had to be, it had to do with my PTSD and the healing. So, and then after I got baptized, uh, it was like within a week of getting baptized, I woke up because I remember it. I woke up and I went, what's going on? How come I feel different? Like, how come I feel like I can make a decision? I can think I can maybe type an email. Like I'm talking three sentences without numerous typos. And you're talking like from a woman who, I I was writing essays, right? Um, a year before that. And now I couldn't, I couldn't even write a sentence because, or I'd forget, I'd send an email. I forget a minute later. I said, just sent it. And I sent it again. I spent a lot of time apologizing, giving that excuse. I'm sorry. I, and I would, I didn't care because I just, I just felt that people were like looking at me like I had three heads or thinking I had three heads because going like, what is this chick's problem, man? Like, and I felt the need to say, I have PTSD and I'm really sorry. My memory is not very good. And then it, I'm glad I did because then they treated me with a little more compassion. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. realized at the same time, I realized that, oh, it's okay for me to talk about this. It's not to be ashamed of. And then that led to the, you know, talking about, I was, I haven't been, I am an alcoholic. If you asked me to say that a year and a half ago, I would have freaking ran for the hills. No way. I would never say that even though I suspected it, but to say it out loud in front of people, poof. Um, and yet now I can say it and I say it proudly because I know ears perk up and they want to see who's saying that. And, Oh, what can I learn from her? Maybe I am, or maybe I know somebody who is and wow, how come she's okay about saying that? It's not shameful. It's not, no, it's not. There are more people who are alcoholics than than there are admitting that there are right it's like a a hidden a hidden yeah and yet we all are people and we all suffer from the same traumas whether it you know your trauma is written out differently than my trauma we all could suffer we all suffer and our loved ones suffer for us and we're just human we are just human and whether your traumas from your work, from your personal life, it's, it's all the same. And whether you take it out with alcoholism, drugs, um, gambling, um, fast cars, you need that address, like whatever, uh, we're all here together. It's just a different name of what it is. It doesn't make you dirty, nasty, not somebody who you want to associate with. I still associate with, um, people who drink too much and I don't judge them. And I don't, I don't care. I feel for them. They know my journey. And I've also inspired others who, who don't drink anymore, but I didn't say anything to them either. Like I've never said to anybody, this is what I am doing and you should do that. Or, Hey, do you think you're drinking too much? No, no way. Because if somebody said that to me, Oh, well, they wouldn't be my friend very long. I wouldn't think because when you're an alcoholic, your ego is so big. 
that you know everything, right? Because of course you know what's good for you, even though you don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> what would you say is your biggest, you know, like the, the kind of the, you know, like uh, what, you know, like what is the kind of the, the last, you know, thought that, you know, like you want people to kind of keep in the back of their mind um, after listening to, you know, like to your story? That um, there, it doesn't, there's always a way out. And yes, I did have, I did have suicidal thoughts. I had felt so bad that I understood why people commit suicide. I, I understood because if you have to feel that way and there isn't any relief and you can't drink it away and you can't do drugs, and get rid of it or however you want to make that feeling go away. I understand because I had that feeling and um, yeah, I could have done it. I could have. So to anybody who ever feels that way. And, and if you have, you know what I'm talking about. You would give anything to get rid of that feeling that you can get past it. You can get past it. And I didn't reach out to anybody in the moment when I felt that way. Um, but I got past it because I knew I wanted to live. And that's what you have to hold on to because it is a moment in time and it might be a freaking long moment. Mine was two weeks of a moment, but I got through it. And imagine how good you're going to feel when you come out that other end, you know, you didn't do something based on just that, that moment in time. And that's, that's what I would like to leave. Last thing, Kim, um, do, do you, do you know, like, do do you share, you know, like, uh, you know, like out there, uh, you know, kind of, you know, like the, the, you know, your, your life's path to inspire others, you know, like, is there people, is there ways for people to, to find you and to reach out to you? Oh yeah. Um, I actually, this, I'm so blessed that again, right. That all these things, when you think your life turns one way and it goes another way, I realize now my policing is done, but the rest of my life has just opened up into things that I never even thought. And actually being an alcoholic and coming forward and going to rehab is probably one of the best things that's ever happened. I, I was lucky enough to write two chapters in a book. So that would be one way if people wanted to learn more about me, they could read, but they also reading nine other inspirational um, writers as well that share the book with me. It's um, called women empowering women to succeed legacy. Um, the publisher is named Randy with an I. It's a woman, Randy Goodman. It's uh, on Amazon for like a dollar twenty nine or something. So it's it's amazing, and it's the sixth in a series. Uh, like I said, it's just wonderful. So I'm able to share I'm able to share my stories that way and inspire people and do these podcasts and um, you know I'm still helping people, which is what I felt my life calling was when I was 20, except now I'm doing it in such a way that I'm, I, I know my personal safety and my mental health are in a good place. And everything that I do still comes from love. And as well, yes, another way to get me here, so I didn't say is, um, I, I wasn't, I'm not able to go back to a full-time job because some days are not good right and some days mm -hmm. are better so the best thing i could do was to um like try and be an entrepreneur so uh that's what i'm doing i i uh so they people can contact me at drink to health dot ca you can go there and send me an email um from that site and yeah that so that that gives you an idea of what i do now in retirement i guess but again, and it's helping people still, but helping them with their, their health. Yeah. Which is, I guess what policing is, but it's all, you know, it ain't financial. <laughs> but, yeah. And it's perspective, right? You know, like you, 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 you know, like it's, uh, like you said, you know, like it's, um, it's, it, you know, it doesn't go against kind of, you know, what, what you define as your purpose in life. It's just like a different angle and different perspective of helping uh, others um 
Kim, you've got quite an interesting and inspiring story. Um, I thank you for being part of my own journey, you know, like, which is uh, two years and a half in, 160 something uh, episodes <laughs> recorded. You know, like it's, um, you know, I'm, I'm, as you probably are feeling and living it, um, it, it gives us as much, if not even more, than it gives the others. Um, and, you know, like it's, it's for me, it's a, it's a numbling and, and, and it, it fills me so much, you know, like to meet with, you know, like people and, you know, like actually, you know, like I'm, I'm not only humbled, but filled with gratitude when, you know, like some stranger named Kim reaches <laughs> out to me and, you know, offers me to be part of that. You know, like it's, um, and for that, you know, like I thank you. Um, and, you know, every links that, you know, Kim has referred to for listeners, you know, like you can find in the description. Um, that podcast has no sponsors, no ads. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's a free, <laughs> it's a, it's a free, free, free podcast. And, you know, there's no, uh, revenue generating parts of that podcast. So, um, again, Kim, thank you. Um, I wish you the best. Um, it's, um, it's a strong, early and interesting, fascinating, uh, sobriety story that um, that you you you've described and um, yeah, thank you, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Alex. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. bye.